0: PGA Nation, we are back. We are back with a big week of golf. We're going to Texas for the AT&T Byron Nelson. We're going to another TPC course, TPC Craig Ranch. Should be a fun week. A little interesting. A little different in terms of DraftKings pricing uh, and how that's going to break down. So we're going to have some fun drafting with you. And as you've probably noticed. There's a different new face on. We have a big thank you to Joe Nicely for joining us. Over from the Roto Bowler squad. Obviously, you know who he is if you play fantasy golf. Uh, You can catch him at the Do The Turn uh, podcast. You also can catch him at Joe Nicely on Twitter. Joe, thanks for joining tonight. How you doing?
1: Hey, man, doing great. Happy to be with you all. Looking forward to it. I think we'll have a lot of fun. Spencer uh, gave me a shout. So anytime Spencer asks, the answer is always yes. So uh, great to be with you guys.
0: Well, we, we certainly appreciate it. I know Spencer told me he's bringing in the big guns to take me down in the draft tonight. So I'm a little nervous to see what you got in the draft, but it's a, it's a lot of strategy. So we'll see what you got.
1: Okay. Um, right. First timer, but uh, looking forward to it, man. Uh, I yeah, think it's a really fun thing. I, I, I like that y'all do this really cool.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, of course, as always, the Golf Writer of the Year. Spence, how you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing well, Joel. Um, you know, it's nice to have Joe on the show this week. It's it's going to be a fun thing to run through this board with you guys here. And uh, I'm just excited to get going with it. I don't have much to say about last week, by the way. It wasn't the best tournament uh, for either one of us, Joel.
0: It wasn't. Listen, my streak of... Drafting players that don't end up playing all four days, not because they missed the cut, because they withdrawn is historical. So keep an eye on my roster because it's likely someone's gonna withdraw this week. Just be be careful about that. Um, see it Sia, Sia hits multiple first-round leaders, you have
2: multiple withdrawals. That's where we're at. It's I've never seen anything like it because we can say that the Paul Casey one might be just being like making too volatile of a pick on that one. But Nate Lashley, I don't know where that came from. And the majority of the picks that you make are having that bad luck with it. So, uh, most of it is not of your own to do with those bad picks. But I don't know. I mean, it's a when you have these contests, there's ebbs and flows to it. So,
0: I'm expecting you to get on a heater here very shortly. Well, I will say. Paul is 100% my fault. That's the <laughs> old classic. You know, fool me once, fool me five thousand times. So I'm gonna learn your lesson eventually. Uh, but yeah, the Lashley one, I I get a pass for that's just for unfortunate sure. luck. Um, but we 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 saved the weekend on Sunday with a nice showdown. Sunday, um, you know, on the back nine on Sunday, I was in first place. I had five lineups in the top ten or something like that. I was really really close but then it kind of fell apart I didn't end up winning much. so anyway we'll get back at it this week um, Byron I appreciate I tried to give you one of my best PGA nations that I could because you asked for you had a long week that's the best I can do so I hope I didn't disappoint thanks for joining audience we're going to need you to bring it this week uh, you guys have a real opportunity to take a win because there's no Sia so you guys can you know, you're drafting your own team um, Sia did win last week uh, he, but he's not here to capitalize on picking the order and and running it back for a two-peat. So uh, we're going to have to get a start fresh, a new winner this week. Uh, before we dive into things, Spence, can you give us a course breakdown?
2: Yeah, so we've had back-to-back weeks of limited sample sizes for these courses. That is always a bit of a headache for me with how I build my model. But more of the problem starts coming into play when we dive into the 2021 weather altered event where a massive torrential downpour turned the course into a rollout-deprived setup. 34.5% of second shots took place from beyond 200 yards that week, which isn't to say that long iron proximity isn't going to still play a massive factor, but it would be normal for us to expect some reduction to take place there, even if it's only by a few percentage points. And that's where we get into this dilemma of trying to mimic a venue while not overdoing the projections from a simulation standpoint. I thought I made that mistake last week of providing too much interpretation into the course. So I instead went with a very basic model this week that looked at pretty much the most simplistic course specific numbers I could find. I started with 20% on par five birdie or better percentage. Each of the four chances daily will yield between a 42.2 and 56.5% birdie or better percentage with three holes producing over a 50% mark. Strokes gain total at TPC properties for 15%. All TPC tracks somewhat resemble one another, and you might want to deeper dive into TPC Scottsdale since that's another Tom Weiskopf design. Strokes gain total on courses over 7,400 yards plus long iron proximity 12.5%. I know I just stated that long iron proximity will get marginally reduced. However, we should still be looking at around 25% of second shots coming from beyond 200 yards just because of the sheer length of the track. That's a significant total and one that modeled well with how players have historically performed at lengthier tests. I did 12.5% on strokes gain total on easy scoring courses plus easy to hit fairways. Water does come into play on 13 holes, but the venue still placed inside the bottom 10 when it came to penalty strokes for wayward drives. There's a reason why 25 under was the winning score in 2021. Weighted off the tee plus weighted approach for 15%. That took a combination of just your basic strokes gain off the tee and approach. It also added in a little bit more of long iron proximity and some distance to the equation. Strokes gain total in windy conditions, 10%. I always put that into a model when we get coastal properties or Texas events. 10% doesn't stand as an overbearing weight, but it is enough to shift someone up or down depending on how they find success in gustier conditions. And then I finished with strokes gain total on bent plus strokes gain putting on bent for 15%. That was a 70-30 split in favor of the total aspect of it. But I certainly think you could look at bent grass putting as a whole and go from there.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen to that back. That's the best prep you can do to figure out who you're going to target with this week, what you're going to be your difference maker in picking golfers. Um, but we're not going to spend too long kind of breaking it down more. We're going to get ready right to the draft before we do Zach, I have to agree with you. The audience does always bring it, so I apologize. I don't even know what I said to contradict that, but I, I agree, so if I said something, i take it back. Um, that's a good question. I'm sure Steven will, will be on at some point tonight. Uh, if he's owed pizza money, he will come and collect it, so no worries on that. Um, TPC Lee could be drafted today. Let's see how he's playing. I don't know, but without further ado, let's right into the draft board. Um, Spence ended up getting the honors of picking the draft order, as you can tell, even though he didn't win. So, a little controversy on the order, but <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Joe, you're gonna be picking second, me, audience, you're gonna okay. be going last. So, audience, as a reminder, send out a lot of nominations. We're gonna take the first two doubled for your picks since you got two in a row, and then we'll keep the snake going. Um, ah, looks like Steven is here. Steven, some people owe you pizza money from last week. So I think it's time for you to collect. But with that being said, without further ado, Spencer, you're on the clock. So
2: I had a player that graded to have one of the best statistical profiles I have seen for a course in a really long time. And don't get confused. I mean, it looks like my lineup's done right now with six Jason days in there. I will throw it out there. Jason day graded very well for me this week, but it's not him. Uh, And the player I'm going to take number one overall, it's just going to come down to his ability to be near even or better with the flat stick. I'm quickly going to run through some of the stats this week, and then I'll mention who the player is. But I mean, you kind of get an idea of just how great of a fit he is for this course. So he is fourth in par five birdie or better percentage, first in par four average, third at lengthy courses that require long iron proximity. First in easy scoring, second when fairways result in less of a penalty for missing, first in wind, and third in sand save percentage. I am speaking of Justin Thomas. The putter is always more hit and miss than it is probably good or bad at a particular grass type. And I love how he's gained in four of his last six starts. I think he might be trending towards a victory here very shortly. And I'm going to take a chance that this is the tournament that he gets himself across the finish line.
0: Listen, especially uh, in a tournament in this field, it's hard to argue against Justin Thomas. I mean, in any tournament he plays in, he's a top five option here. I mean, he's certainly a top two option. Um, so yeah, I, I like the pick.
1: Yeah, um, I, I'm probably going there. Spencer doesn't, so uh, really good pick, Spencer. And and kind of another thing, guys. Maybe maybe we're kind of wandering off down there street a little bit, but week before major. Uh, which is always something I kind of try to take into account. Uh, JT in the last few years has won twice uh, the week directly before a major, one before the PGA in 2018 and one before the PGA in 2020. Um, So we've seen him come out with some victories uh, the week directly prior to a major championship. So uh, just a lot to like about him. So so great pick there, Spencer.
2: Yeah, thank you, Joe. I think you kind of have to be aware of who's coming to actually compete and who's coming to, you know, get their game into the point that it needs to be next weekend. I think Thomas is firing on all cylinders, and I think he wants to get that monkey off his back. And I think this is the perfect course for him to be able to do
0: so. I like it. Joe, with your first ever draft cast pick, you are officially on the clock.
1: First ever, man. I'm kind of bummed that JT's gone, but in, in the name of salary, I'm going to kind of drop down below the 10K range um and go with will zalatoris um lock like the ball striking obviously uh excellent from t to green love him from 200 plus yards uh the only concern here's the putter uh w- which is a concern uh we're going to need birdies this week uh, undoubtedly uh, i think these guys are going to light this course up again uh, but but a win's coming for willie z at some point Um, I've really liked the form as of late, really all throughout this year, um, after kind of taking a dip during the swing season has really bounced back in 2022. Uh, and with the sub 10 K price tag, uh, I'm, I'm going to make it my number one pick this week.
2: Yeah. You have to like the statistical profile for him. So in my model, he's 13th in driving distance second in G I R percentage third in proximity from over 200 yards, which is what Joe just alluded to very good course for him. If he can make some putts, he has upside to win this contest. It's just going to come down. It's like Joe and I are taking very similar starts to this, where we're trying to find good ball strikers that have the game to find success. And if the putter comes to play, they can win the tournament. And if it doesn't, I still think both guys make the cut, but uh, the putter is going to be what either makes or breaks them this
0: week. I agree. I think, you know, will Willie Z is really great upside for his value there at 9,400. So uh, you're right. If he if sinks a few putts, he'll certainly compete. And you're getting him, you know, a little bit cheaper than some of the other big dogs. Who I like that value more. So I think it's a good pick.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a Dallas Fort Worth boy too. So you know, there's kind of that, that hometown narrative there, which you can take that for whatever it's worth. But as Spencer mentioned, the uh, the ball striking from Tee to Green just kind of gives him a built-in floor. Uh, that I really like this week, and, and if it's a break-even week with the putter, then you know he's got he's got a PGA Tour win coming at some point, guys. So um, at sub 10K, uh, really like the price tag there. Feel like you're getting a 10K player for 9,400 this week.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, looks like we have Sia Najad joining us in the chat. Well, Sia, we miss you on the show tonight. Of course, you couldn't be completely absent, so audience. To put an asterisk next to your name this week because you do have the help of Sia. Uh, I'm not sure how much I like that, I don't know how legitimate that is. Um, I love David's comment, it's the biggest heel turn was great. Uh, but yeah, Sia's on your squad, so you guys get ready to start nominating after my pick here. I'm deciding between two guys, one of them is also a Texas guy. I like that narrative. Um, I think there's a few guys who just play better in Texas in some of these courses, so um. I'm dying to say, yeah, that's who I'm going to go with my first pick. It's the best golfer in the world. It's has got a Scheffler. Um, I think the way he's playing right now, he could have been priced even higher. Obviously he is the most expensive golfer, but um, you know, as we've seen with Ron a few times earlier this year, and in some of those JV tournaments where like Rory played and the price tag is way juiced up. I thought they could have done that with Scheffler here, the way he's been playing. So I feel perfectly comfortable with this price tag. Um, you know, the, my one hesitation, which is not a real one to consider, is the fact that it's unlikely. I mean, it's hard to think he's going to win every tournament this year. He's been so hot. There's got to be some area for him to kind of slow down or cool off. But I think he's pretty safe to get me in the top 10 or 15, which is you know what you'll need to compete. And if I can find some of the other winners or top guys elsewhere, I think I'm in good shape.
2: I don't really have anything negative to say about Scotty Scheffler. I, I tend to agree with you, Joel, that I'm surprised that he's not – I don't know $11,500 and you know maybe Thomas then in that way is 10,900 or 111 1 himself. So I think both of those guys certainly could be a little bit cheaper than you would think. The only negative that I would say though when I run my 2-year model, he's 17th for putting. When I look specifically on bent grass greens for putting, he's 111th from 2021 and 2022. I'm not saying that that's going to necessarily be a problem, but if you are looking for any reason for why maybe he doesn't find success, that's really the only one I could point towards.
0: And I do. I think that's an interesting factor here, considering, like you said, what was the winner last year? 25 under. So you're going to need to be making some putts to to get there. So that's a good point.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, you could maybe argue we're Spencer and I are crazy uh, for for not taking Scotty Scheffler, for him making it to third in this draft, but for me, there, there are two drawbacks. Number one's the price tag, uh, you know, with what we're doing here, a little flexibility, you know, moving down from that price point. And number two, there there is a major on the horizon next week, guys. Um, and I think this could be a could be a spot where motivation kind of comes into play. Um, you know, Scotty Scheffler's in the midst of a, of a historical season right now. So, you know, you have to figure he's really got his eyes on Southern Hills next week rather than this event. Um all that doesn't mean if, if he finds himself in contention, he can certainly win it. But uh, those are kind of the two drawbacks for me with Scheffler. But, uh, I mean, overall, you have to love it, man. He's the best player in the world right now.
0: And, Joe, you, you made up an interesting point. If A theme we've noticed on the show in the last couple weeks was we were taking the value plays first. And mm-hmm. we were kind of waiting to get up top later in the draft. But this week it's different. This week we all kind of stuck to the top, more the better guys first, and I guess we're going to drop tons of value. That should tell you something. Uh, at least, you know, maybe their value is more mediocre or there's not as much of an edge in some of the guys that we like, but I think that does tell a bit of a story. Um, audience, you are on the clock. We already have some nominations in which I love. The first pick looks like a landslide, obviously, uh, with uh, Burns. And the second pick I don't know if we have a final. Oh, Taylor Gooch. So Burns and Gooch for the audience. I think those are two really solid picks, especially considering uh, where the rest of us are salary-wise. I think you guys are giving yourselves a leg up in that uh, you're going to have a little bit of a higher tier tier remaining uh, for your final four picks as well.
2: Yeah, I was hoping Taylor Gooch was going to fall to me. That's very disappointing that the audience took him in. And and Sam Burns is just, a good course fit here. There's not really much to say against him.
0: I, I don't know. Is Sam Burns also a Texas guy?
1: Uh, he's no. a Louisiana guy. <clears throat> it's
0: close like a neighbor. It's close. So. Yeah. LSU. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm back on the clock. That was a quick turnaround. All right. So um, back on the clock, I have to get a little bit, you know, I, I can't spend all my money here in the first picks. So I got to find a little bit more value um, and I'm, I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot and not do so because there's someone I really like who may not be the best course fit, but again, I'm just looking at the price tag per golfer here. I think he's the way he's been playing this season at the price that he is. I really like Joaquin Neiman, uh, at 9,300. Um, you know, I'm getting a guy who I think is in an elite tier for this tournament, he's as good as you know, any of the other than me, the top three or four guys. I think he's as talented as anyone. Uh, so I want to round, I want to put him on my side with Scheffler. I think Neiman can definitely get me a a top 10 here. Uh, his ball strike. I think the only, the only real concern or big concern for Neiman, it's also the putting, right. Um, but I think he's been putting, you know, a little bit better this year. If he makes a few putts this week, he'll certainly can. Do.
2: Yeah, I, I have him seventh in my model. I, I, I think the $9,300 price tag is a good one for him. And, Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing that we're saying with a lot of these guys, if they can just make some putts, that's going to be, what's going to decide this week when I don't necessarily think we're going to have a 25 under par winner again. I think a lot of that, I mean, we had such soft conditions last year, so I don't think it's going to be quite that easy, but I think we're probably still going to be in near the 20 under range with it. So, you know, find me the guy that's the best ball striker that also gets hot with the putter. And that's the person who probably wins the golf
0: tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I I would certainly agree. All right, Joe, you are on the clock.
1: Hmm. Lots of ways we could go here. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to save a little money uh, with this pick. Give me some flexibility later on. I'm going to go Keith Mitchell. Uh, I think he's maybe one of the most underpriced guys on the board this week. Um, missed the cut last week at Wells Fargo. Willing to toss that out the window. Tons of guys had, had bad rounds, uh, Last Friday, um, Mitchell had a one under, shot one under on Thursday, had a bad Friday, missed a cut. Uh, but I really like his form coming in. Had a T26 in this event last year. I think this golf course fits him really well. He's been excellent off the tee, uh, excellent on par fives, extra, excellent from 200-plus yards. Um, so so with this price tag, with the form, with the fit, um, I'm going to save a little money here and go down to Mitchell.
2: Yeah, 26th at this tournament last year for Mitchell. Uh, my two-year putting numbers on any certain or no particular green would be 54th overall. He is 15th over the last two years on bent grass specifically. So we do have an upgrade there. And and as Joe said, um, I mean, even though he's, I mean, he's going to be about 12 percent right now, according to my model, at 7,500 compared to like what he's been the last couple weeks. If you would have given this price tag a month ago, I, I legitimately think he probably would have been. owned at this point. I don't think people are going back to him because they got burned last week. And that's usually a good time to go back to somebody.
1: Yeah. uh, I've kind of, kind of learned over the years as I'm sure you guys have, you know, you got to move on really quickly in this game. Uh, You got to kind of be willing to have a, have a short memory um, especially kind of with the extenuating circumstances of the conditions last week. Um, But, but like I said, you toss that out, man. Uh, Mitchell's really had a tremendous year Uh, has looked extremely solid uh, I mean, we're talking about uh, four out of his last six starts, top 15s. Um, you know, I think he's second in this field and strokes gained on par fives over the last 24 rounds. So there's just a lot to like with him. And I'm, I'm willing to overlook kind of a, a blip on the radar there last week.
0: Well, one thing we, I always say on this show is if you like somebody last week and he let you down, not that much has changed the next yeah. week where you want to completely fade them. Right. And that's, you know, the letdown, you, you can find the positive. In it, like, like Joe said, the ownership should go down, right. Because he had a bad week and he's still the same golfer. So if you liked him last week, he'll fix whatever he needed to fix in a week. And he should be able to still compete. So I'm totally aligned. I, I think that's a good pick. Uh, all right, Spence, you're on the clock.
2: This is tough. This changed my game plan. Once Gooch went off the board. Um, I guess I will go with the play. I'm going to go with two players here that I think provide a little bit more safety to my build. I think last week, I mean, I had Doug Gim on that lineup. Um, I-, I had so much volatility from top to bottom. And I think that's one of the reasons why I, I- it probably didn't go as well as I wanted it to. So I'm going to find two guys that I do think have safety to them. The first one, I could probably wait on him because he's only 5% owned. But I want to make sure I lock him in right now. And that would be Siwoo Kim at 7,800. He has made his last 14 cuts that didn't feature him withdrawing from the tournament. Um, this $6,000 range gets bad very quickly. I do think there are some $7,000 options where you can take a flyer on for their upside. And Siwoo Kim is probably one of those better choices that can actually win this tournament. And then for my second choice, I just want to make sure I want to do this very quickly. Um, yeah, so I am going to take Alex Noren at 7900 I like how he scores DK points. He's inside the top 25 in the field for that. 21st at this course in 2021. I mean, if we rattle through some of his recent results, 42nd at the heritage, 18th at the match play 12th at the Valspar fifth at the Honda twenty-sixth at the players. He's just been really steady across the board. Um, And a lot of the reason for that is just because his recent metrics are a lot better than the long-term data I have on him. So He's 10 spots better in strokes gain total over his last 24 rounds, 23 spots better tee to green, 19 off the tee, and 37 with his approach. It's going to come down to how he can handle his long iron proximity. That's the one real struggle I have for him in my model. But everything else looks pretty good for me uh, for what I'm trying to find. And I think we're going to get a top 20 or 25 result with him in the $7,000 range.
0: Yeah, I think those those are two solid picks. Again, I think there, there are certainly some guys we can go to for value. I think Noren graded out really well for me this week. We've seen him. I think my thing with Noren is we've seen him pop in tournaments like this, right? Where it's a step down from a major, it's a little bit of a weaker field where he can kind of step up above these other guys and you know, below 8K. Yeah, that's a really good value for him. Yeah. All right, Joe, you are on the clock. Uh-oh, Joe, I think
1: uh, we can't hear you. Got me? Okay, yeah, sorry about that. You. No worries. Yeah, this thing is uh, coming back around quick. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to – I'm just going to go straight value here, guys. Recent form, love the price day. I'm going t- to take Adam one at 8K. Um, Adam Adwin. Kind of one of those guys that uh maybe doesn't do one thing great, but does a lot of things really, really well. And he's been doing a lot of things really well here lately. Um third in overall proximity over the last 24 rounds. Uh, fifth and birdies are better gained. We know that's going to be important this week. Uh, kind of did a rudimentary, rudimentary model to start the week. He graded out third in that, um, doing, a, doing an early early week model. So uh, kind of surprised to see him at 8K, uh, below some, some names that are above him. So really like the value there.
0: I agree. I'm actually surprised he lasted this long. I thought someone would have scooped him up a little bit earlier, so – uh, I think the way he's been playing his recent form certainly uh, outplays that number, so I think it's a good pick. All right, that puts me on the clock. I was considering this guy. I'm about to take with my first pick. Uh, I, I I really didn't think anyone else would take him, so I decided I'd wait and wait to take him here, knowing, hoping, and thinking he would be available. So, uh, who I'm taking is Kurt Kitayama. Kurt Kitayama's ball striking. In the month of May is absurd. uh Now, is that sustainable? Probably not, but gonna get one more week out of it? That's what I'm hoping for. And it's really been, I mean, we're talking the Mexico Open and the Wells Fargo, which, you know, in fairness, aren't the strongest fields they can comp- make comparisons for. But he was gaining eight strokes on approach and four strokes on approach on both tournaments and over two strokes in both off the tee. So, one tournament he lost strokes, putting the other one he gained five strokes. So, if he finds if he gives me that ball striking with somewhere positive with the putter as well, um, you know, I certainly think he can compete here, especially looking at, you know, his last couple finishes. um, I've been really strong. I mean, he tied for 15th at the Wells Fargo. He was second at the Mexico Open. So I do think it's a little bit of a tougher field, but I think a top 15 finish for him here is certainly within reason.
2: Team UNLV.
0: There you go, Las Vegas.
1: Lock it. Ride the hot hand. Uh, we see these young guys, man, they, they get a little confidence, have a, have a couple good finishes, and all of a sudden, bam, they're off to the races. So uh, Kenny has certainly put together a few nice starts lately. So uh, lock that play, Joel.
0: I appreciate
2: it. I appreciate it. Hey, Joe, very quickly, your mic is starting to do that thing again where
0: it's cutting in and out.
1: Okay. Sorry about that.
0: Nope, you're all good. No worries. Mm-hmm. Audience. You guys are up. We need your nominations. You got two picks. So throw out all your nominations, anyone you might want. Throw them out. Let's see who gets doubled, and that's who your picks are going to be. We have two thus far that are in between uh, Howell and – so I don't know if Charlie is saying, you know, getting behind us with our Las Vegas, he went to UNLV, or if he's nominating the golfer whose name is Vegas. I think he's nominating the golfer, so we're going to stick with that. Um, Dylan Fratelli, Sia nominating Brandon Wu. Does the audience want to support Sia or do they want to go in a different direction? Yeah, so he was. He was nominating Johnny Vegas. Um, and that's your first pick. Got a second already. So Vegas is the first pick. I think it's a good pick. I, you know, We liked him. We talked about him last week. Um, we were a little concerned with the injury, but he showed up. He played well. I think that injury concerns are, are behind us. Certainly has... Been playing really well as a lit yeah,
1: He I, uh, he led the led that tournament last week in strokes gained approach, gained just over ten strokes on approach. Um, so just unbelievable arm play from Johnny Vegas. I I was actually seriously considering him. Uh, that price tag is a little tough for me. Uh, but really like him as a play.
0: I agree with you. I I I really would have loved him in the high seven Ks. Yeah. I do think he's a little overpriced, but I also think he can definitely get you a top ten, which would pay off his value. No question. So. Uh, I would have liked him, seen him a little cheaper, but I still think it's a really good pick
2: there. I'm going to take a contrarian approach to this. I actually think he's underpriced. Really? Okay. Tell me more. I think we're looking at a golfer and, and I know there's a lack of win equity or at least perceived win equity with him, but I think the safety that he provides probably should make him a $9,000 golfer, you know, ninth in this tournament in 2021, The recent form looks really good. Three straight top 27 finishes. And when you think of these courses where you can kind of dominate off the T and iron, like long iron play, he's fifth in my model and weighted off the T plus approach. He is ninth in windy conditions. He's third at TPC tracks. He's seventh in par five birdie or better percentage. I just think this is a really good course fit for him. And, you know, maybe in general, uh, Johnny Vegas should not be a $9,000 golfer in my mind. But I think when you throw him into a course where there are metrics that fit him, ideally, I think that this is a tournament where I would have been fine paying $9,000 and taking him.
0: Interesting. So we have a, a varying degree of, of a, the spectrum of where we all land on Vegas. I think we all agree he's good, right? So it's just a matter of where you think the price is. Tag should fall and that's where playing gpps is interesting right because now it starts coming down to ownership plays and things like that um it looks like the audience second pick is in in if ch is charles Howell, that's their pick um that's the second nomination i'm not as bullish on him um i like Howell in those weaker jv tournaments i think this tournament where i do like him is there's not a lot of guys below 7500 maybe 7400 that i feel good about so You know, if there was one, you know, he's definitely in there. So you got to get down to that price range, but, uh, but other than that, I don't think I'm going to be too heavy on it this week.
2: I'm going to be contrarian again, Joel. I I like the pick of Charles Howell. So uh, I have a top 40 bet on him at plus plus one seventy five on FanDuel. He is the number one improver in my model on bent grass screens. Uh, So when I run the two-year model, he's 94th in this field on any given surface on the bent grass in particular, he's 17th overall it's going to come down to his long iron proximity. He's 133rd from over 200 yards. That hasn't necessarily caused him any problems with him being 13th in greens and regulation. Uh, but you're going to need the long irons to be better than they have been historically. And the one thing that surprised me, and I didn't even really realize it because you don't think of it this way with Charles Howell. And I'm not saying that he's long and I'm not saying that, you know, even in this field, he's particularly long, but, 44th out of, you know, 150 something players in driving distance. That's better than I would think for uh, Howell. So I kind of like the play. If he can carry some distance, have maybe a little shorter irons in, even if you move it to the 175 range and he hits a bunch of greens in regulation and he makes some putts. I do think there's a little bit of upside here.
0: There, There you have it. The audience agrees with you. So I was looking forward to coming back next week and uh, laughing at all of you for taking me back, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, all right. I'm back on the clock and I was hoping this guy would last to me. I love the way CT Pan is playing. So I'm going to go ahead and take CT Pan. You know, I think I'm getting a good value with him. He's gained strokes on approach in his last seven outings uh, pretty significantly. His ball shaking has really been there. Uh, he's really been all around pretty solid. So, um you know i like his price tag i don't think he has too much winning upside which is the concern but i don't need him to win if he can get me a top 20 i think that's good enough especially here at the 7300 price mark sure all right joe you are on the clock
1: man i think i'm gonna kind of kind of painting myself into a balance corner (laughs) so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that um Maybe go a little bit of value with uh, Sebastian Munoz. Um, leave myself some flexibility here for my last couple spots. Um, you know, kind of in that that Adam Hadwin mold, that Keith Mitchell mold. The guy that's, you know, maybe not blown us away, but has played really, really solid golf as of late. Uh, like the fit on this layout. Um, so I, I think he's kind of one of those guys that, that's in good form, doing everything well. I think I think the fit's nice this week. Um, and I really like the price tag. So I'm going to kind of stay on this balance train and go Sebastian Munoz here.
2: There's a lot of steam on Sebastian Munoz at, at offshore books. I noticed that before we came on the air. So, uh, there are books where he's down to 50 to one to win this tournament. I, my model seems to like him mostly from a safety perspective at $7,600. Like he's inside the top 15 for me there.
1: Yeah. He just, he just grades out really strong across, across the board. Um, You know, doesn't pop, doesn't lead the way really in any one statistic, but is just really solid across the board in in a lot of the things we're looking for. Uh, Really good on par fives, good from 200-plus out, uh, makes a lot of birdies, uh, solid ball striker. So uh, I think this is a good price tag for him this week with his recent form.
0: Yeah. It does feel like you're certainly going to need a lot of birdies this week. So I think that's a good pick. You know, I do want to say one thing, because we've been talking about that a lot, Courses don't like to be known as the easy course, right? They don't like to be the course that, you know, everyone can beat up. And since they were kind of beat up last year, I do imagine they're going to try and make this year a little bit more difficult. So it's not like, you know, another 2,500, but still, the course is the course. It's only so much they can do. So if you get a 20 under under winner this year, it's still going to be a birdie
1: fast. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, these guys are going to tear this place apart, man. I don't I don't really know what they, I mean, I think, I think last Saturday in this tournament last year on Saturday, we had some like, 20-plus mile-an-hour winds, um, if I remember correctly, last last year on the weekend, and, you know, we still still saw a 25-under. So I, th- I think these guys are going to light it up.
0: Yeah. Yep, I, I agree. Um, all right, Spence, you got two here. Who are you looking at?
2: I said I wasn't going to go volatile, and now I'm sitting here wanting to just go out as out of control as I possibly can. Do it,
1: Spence. Um, Do it. <laughs>
2: You know what? Let, let me openly talk about both of these routes here. Um, not that I like influencing the draft, um, but since I'm making both picks, I guess it can't necessarily come back and bite me. So the first route, which is the route of volatility, and I know everybody's going to think that I'm partially kidding, which I'm not. Um, I like Jason Day this week. I, I actually think that he has upside to him. And Pairing him with Matthew Wolf might be the ultimate form of just going for broke here. I think Matthew Wolf can win this golf tournament. I also think he might come in dead last place. That's the problem with that route of doing that. Um, the second route for me would be more of the route of safety. And that would be Aaron Wise at 8,100 and Seamus Power at 7,900. I don't really know which way I want to go. Like, Wolf is 5% owned. Day is 4% owned. I mean, from a MME standpoint, that's probably like the correct way to do this rather than taking Wise at sixteen percent and Seamus at eight percent. But man, I, I don't know if I have it in me to go Jason Day and Matthew Wolf. Um, I guess I'll make this easy and just put them both together. I will take Aaron Wise and Seamus Power, but I do want to throw it out there. I do like Jason Day. I do like Matthew Wolf. I think that there's a really good possibility that you should be looking to put them into any of your MME contests. If you are like putting together mass entries.
0: So who did you end up calling with?
2: Uh Aaron Wise and Seamus Power.
0: Okay. All right.
2: I which, like one, them. which by the way, Aaron Wise is also volatile himself. And now you have a 16% version of him, which is less than ideal, but my numbers really like him this week. Like I, I kind of feel like with the way I've built my lineup so far, I do have, I'm okay with Siwoo. that that got me a little bit off. I don't think, I mean, Noren's going to be about 10%. It's a little bit more chalk than I would want, but even Seamus is like 8%. I think it's a mix and match of uh high ownership versus kind of like middle ground type place. So um, to me, this is the safest lineup I've probably had in a really long time. And, I mean, this, that probably will mean that this lineup goes over six when it's all said and done, but I, I kind of like the safety this week, just trying to play things a little bit more conservative. And I do have upside in a lot of those spots I'm looking at.
0: Yeah. I think you're, it looks like you're kind of taking Thomas and then a more balanced approach from there, which I think Pretty is a, yeah. a good strategy for this week. Yeah. All right. Yo, you're on the clock.
1: Really solid picks there, Spencer. I agree, but. I think it's really interesting. You touched on Matthew Wolf. I think he's a really interesting player this week. Um, Lent's gonna help. Being able to take advantage of the par files is gonna help. And I'm telling you guys, this this dude, his game can change on a dime. And when he gets things going, uh, they they tend to go really really well. Um, so just seeing that little bit of life from him last week makes him a really interesting GPP. Um, I mean, it's not that long ago. He, he was playing some really good golf down the stretch last year during the swing season. Uh, and I really thought he would have a big 2022, but just just came out looking awful. So maybe something clicked for him last week. Um, so just glad that Spencer touched on him. I think he's worth keeping an eye on in GPPs. Um, that said, I think for this lineup, kind of left myself some flexibility. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go up to the top here. I'm going to go Jordan Spieth. Um, Dallas Fort Worth player can make tons of birdies. Um, we, we saw obviously the win at Heritage. Um, also, a guy that we've seen play really well in weeks leading up to major championships. Um, so, I think there's just a lot to lock here. I, I left myself some flexibility with this lineup. So, I'm willing to take a shot here with Speed.
2: I, I like the Speed play. um You know, Joel and I were talking about it, Joe, before you came into the chat. And I think all these $10,000 options, you can make an argument for any of them. Like, I'm not going to talk anybody out of playing any of that group. And I think speech certainly has the upside in GPP contests to find success this
1: week. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And I mean, I'm not making Joel's pick for him or the audience pick, but, you know, we, we've got Xander Shoffley left on the board. We got Dustin Johnson left on the board. Um, this is an extremely strong field. Um, so, I mean, I think there's certainly some, some very interesting ways you can go with lineup constructions.
0: Yeah. And I agree. I does tend to play up a little bit when he's home in Texas. He likes yeah. those courses down there. So I like playing them here. Um, and you know what? If I had more money, I would be looking at Dustin Johnson as one of those guys. But I think it's really important, and I think you guys are already talking about this in the chat, as best you can, avoid a lot of the 6k range. A lot of these guys, I don't, I think there is a big gap. Um, and like I we always say on this show, right, one of the best exercises to do in building your rosters, build your player pool before you build the lineup, right? Whatever guys you feel comfortable playing, put that to side, then build your lineup based on that. Because the worst thing you can do is build a lineup with five guys and then have to squeeze a 6,200 golfer that you don't really like who's not going to make the cut and ruin your lineup every time because you like the five other guys. So build your pool first, then build a lineup around your pool so you don't just start squeezing guys in because you like five other guys. Um With that being said, I'm going to go ahead – a guy who I normally don't like. Uh, This is a guy who I never play, but I just like his recent form. Again, my theme is – I'm going with some guys who have been recently hitting the ball really well, uh, and that's going to be Lanto Griffin. I mean, he has been absolutely killing the ball off the tee, probably gaining the most strokes off the tee, at least top ten of of, of anyone in the month of May. Um, His ball striking, um, his approach has been excellent in the month of May. His only real concern I've seen is, is around the green game, which you know is obviously a concern here. But as long as he can keep that in control, um, I think he can really contend this week. Yeah,
2: he is uh, on my model. Just to throw it out there, yeah. He, I mean, he's a positive value. I think at seventy seven hundred, that price felt a little shallow for him.
1: Yeah. Um... Coming in with good form, played well last week. Uh, I believe he also played well in Mexico. So uh, just just one of those guys, kind of like some other guys we talked about, uh, just really solid, uh, you know, across the board, checks a lot of the boxes we're looking for this week, and, and a nice price tag there. The 7K range, uh, as you can kind of tell from our teams, is really, really, really deep this week. So uh, another reason why we really don't need to dip down into the sixes unless there's a guy you just fall up with down there because the 7K range is so deep.
2: Yeah. So in just to throw it out there, in the $6,000 range, there is only one player in my model that is inside the top 40. That is Pat Perez at 40th overall. For me, there's no other player in that range that does better than that. So kind of as Joe just alluded to, I think a lot, there is a big drop off from the sevens to the sixes. And I think that once you get down to there are some golfers at 7,000. So I don't want to get rid of that group, but kind of once you get lower than that $7,000 range, maybe 6,900 with a Danny Willett, for example, um, it kind of gets very shallow from there.
0: I t- yeah, I totally agree. Um, all right. So the audience has some picks in and it's a little controversial because I haven't, I can't do the math in my head and somebody's saying that it might not be enough for them to take it. So the both picks that are in are Decky and Dylan Wu. Uh, but does that put them over? If so, we'll, we'll erase them and make you guys not cheat.
1: Oh, no. it works. Perfect. There it is,
0: right? So uh, technically it was Sia who mentioned them and Steven who doubled it. So that's your I pick. Wonder,
1: I wonder if they're wanting Dylan Wu or Brandon Wu.
0: That's a good question. How much is maybe Brandon Wu would have been the reason why they wouldn't have been able to afford it?
1: Yeah, I, I'm thinking Brandon, yeah, Brandon, Wu, Brandon, Wu, Brandon Wu would Wu. be over. Yeah. That is the issue.
0: Yep, that is the issue. And they didn't want to, and that's what it was. They wanted Brandon, and, and they can afford Brandon. So um, do you guys well? It sounds like Decky was picked, so now you guys got to figure out who you're gonna take. Uh with Decky, with what was left if they had 6400 400 Ooh, that is tough. Yeah, they've put themselves into a you bit of an into a corner here. I don't know who you're going to take at 6,400. I'll I'll give you guys some recommendations. I'll go down there. I'll, I'll look
2: up. too. I'll throw out if I have anybody. I mean, like obviously, as I was saying, like the two highest ranked guys for me were in the 6,000s in general, Pat Perez and Danny Willett. But at 6,400.
1: Got a couple guys down there.
2: In- <laughs> I'd like to hear them, Joe, because I don't have much.
1: Well, you got you got Adam Svanson, terrific ball striker. Uh, sure. Horrible putter, but, you know, we're, we're talking 6,400. Luke Donald uh, right. has been playing some pretty solid golf. Kramer Hickok's a Texas guy. Um, so Trey Mullinax, some upside. So, you know, it, Listen, there's, a, there's, a, there's, you a, there's some choices down there.
0: Cameron Percy, you know, he's got a couple top tens, you know, in the last couple of months.
2: Cameron Percy, Adam Svenson, those are my two highest rated
0: guys.
1: Wesley Brown, 6,300.
0: All right, so let's look. We have oh, it's it's in Luke Donald, Luke Donald by a landslide. It was pretty. I, I think for for where you guys are in this pick, I I think that's that's a good pick. I mean, he could do worse. Been, yeah, he's been playing pretty well. You don't have a ton of upside there, but he can make the cut. Like, making the cut wouldn't surprise me yeah. if he gets you a top thirty, and you have the you know the rest of your lineup. Process that's a competitive lineup. So, um, you know, it feels I, like I don't the
1: uh, the audience has a really nice, really nice core. And they're kind of gambling on Luke Donald. So, you know, don't yeah. hate it.
0: Yeah. Hide- I, I, Hideki,
1: I, 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 uh, kind of my my first just elementary model of the week, Hideki graded out number one, which is surprising. But, interesting. you know, there's, there's the there's the injury issues fought through at the Masters. But, uh, you know, obviously some, some serious concerns leading up to the Masters for him. We haven't seen him since. So, it's kind of interesting.
0: Uh, Oh, wait, I'm getting pushback right now. The audience is now saying they don't want Decky. Listen, all right, you guys can't – you guys got to get – you guys got to communicate better because I can just read the chat and what was listed, and that's what was listed. So that's what you get. I don't want to hear pushback on who you guys put into the chat. So you drafted him. Now you got to – I hope he wins the tournament, and then I can come back next year and tell you guys that you didn't want him and it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> enough with the enough with the, the crying i'm gonna throw a flag on you guys and penalize you i might even take a pick away um all right enough we're moving on my pick i'm down to two guys i had the same kind of dilemma um at the 7400 mark part of the issue was um are you guys really gonna make me feel bad and actually give them their pick back because they're continuing to complain about this decky pick
2: uh, let them have it. We don't want to win for excuses here. So. Fine, fine.
0: Go ahead. I'll undo it. Unprecedented move in the history of the draft cast. I'm going back and allowing you guys to repick, but I'm gonna be strict. You have a one-minute pick clock. So whoever the nominations are in the next 30 seconds or who you're going with, we're not gonna sit here and discuss it for another hour. So you guys have 30 seconds to put in your new picks on who it's gonna be. I'll allow you to replace your Decky and Donald picks, which I don't feel good about, but I'll allow it for tonight.
2: Well, they have eighty-one fifty If we remove both, if that helps them
0: decide. And after all that, I thought it'd be immediate people coming in. This is who we want. There's no one. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> just I'm They disappointed. are not in sync right now. Uh, we got Scott and Kazire. Brooks, Kiz. All right, so it looks like Kiz is pick one. He's been doubled. Kiz with Sia and, uh, and Byron. And then what does that leave them? I guess Scott. Yeah, Scott and, Scott and Kazire. That's their updated picks. You guys are better off with Decky and, and Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you guys you guys downgraded. You were better off with Decky and Donald. I don't like it. Yeah, you know, you made a mistake. That's what you get for complaining. You blew it. All right, enough. We're done with this pick. I'm going on now. All right, so my 7,400, I'm down to two guys here. There's two guys left that I like. I'll tell you who they are. It's between Matthew Naismith, who's another one who's shown spurts of great ball striking over the last two or three months, and Dylan Fertelli, who's been pretty consistent, uh, also showing really, really good ball striking, um, I'm going to go with Matthew Naismith. Uh, I just like the way he's been hitting the ball. He's been getting strokes off the tee each of the last eight tournaments. He's been really popping on his approach. Uh, he's another one, though. I'm going to need him to make some putts this week. If he can, if he can gain some strokes putting, I, I think he can certainly give me a top 20 or 15.
2: My model, because I run it for so long, like I want to preface that by at least alluding to that fact of it. My model does not like Dylan Fratelli. So I think you made the right pick with Matthew Neesmith there. Like my model likes a lot about him. So uh, I have no problem with that pick at 7,300. I think that's a good way for you to round out your roster with what you have.
1: Appreciate yeah, I'm I'm always a sucker for Neesmith. Me so too. <laughs> I, I seem to always have have too much of him. <laughs> so uh, I'm never going to argue with a Matt Neesmith pick.
0: Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, Joe, how you rounding out your squad here?
1: Man, I think there's a lot of ways you can go down here. Um, this this kind of seventy-five to seven K range, uh, I think's really plentiful. I mean, just looking through here, there's I think there's lots and lots of options. You got Zayden How, who's a solid player. Uh, maybe not the the kind of birdie maker we're looking for this week. Uh, Tom Hoagie's not not very far removed from playing excellent golf. Um, love the ball striking with him. JJ Spawn, another another ball striker that we've seen play really well this year. Uh, Aaron Rye has been good. Um, you know the the audience kind of mentioned Brandon Wu, Spencer, and I talked about Matthew Wolf. There's there's tons of ways you can go. I'm gonna go Mighty Wolf just to just to spice it up a little bit. Um, I think the upside you're getting there with 7,200 is huge. Um, there's also a, a lot of miscut kind of equity there as well. Just to be honest, uh, maybe maybe last week was. Not the beginning of something, but just kind of a flash in the pan. But I, I've seen this guy's game turn around quick, guys. Um, we, we, when he plays well, he tends to really play well. That we know that swings unor- unorthodox, but when things are clicking, they're really clicking for him. So, uh, maybe maybe last week was the start of something. I like the upside there at 7,200.
2: I, I am not a Matthew Wolf guy, bet him at 130 to one on DraftKings. Like at the very minimum, if you don't want to put him onto a DraftKings lineup, take the shot with him there. As Joe said, there is a ton of upside on him. And, and I do think he is very playable. And if Joe didn't just make that selection, I was probably going to make that pick. I don't think I could have gotten myself to leave this draft without him being selected. So uh, I love the pick,
1: Joe. Yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing, guys everybody's got different amounts of risk tolerance, but if you're talking about a GPP, Matthew Wolf is kind of the perfect GPP play. There's not a lot of in between there. Uh, it's he's if he plays well, he's got a, a chance to win this thing. If he doesn't, he's gonna miss the cut. Uh, you know, it's you move on to the next week. But uh, I really like him as a GPP option at seventy two hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. He's the definition of boomer bust. He has a lot of upside, yeah. but also a lot of downside. So the other thing is, don't be overexposed. If you're playing GPPs, you know it's definitely good to get him in, but you know you don't want to put him in too many lineups because that could ruin your weekend. Um yeah, so
1: yeah. totally um, agree not a not a core not a not a core building block topic type of guy but but definitely a, a nice nice one to have a splash in gpp's a little exposure to for sure for sure
0: all right spence how are you closing us out tonight
2: so i know a couple of these guys are off the board now um pat and matthew wolf those were two players i was considering for this last pick i think for me it's going to come down to Either Bubba Watson, which might be a bit of a surprise to everybody. I mean, he is like 2% owned right now, and I'm not really sure what to expect from him. And then the other one would be Luke List at 7,300. Luke List possesses a lot of those traits we were just talking about with Matthew Wolf, where you're going to, like, it's not for the faint of heart. You're going to have to be able to stomach playing him. I guess the third one just to throw out there would be Patrick Rogers at 7,000. Like, obviously these are all very volatile choices, but um, just because Luke List is 10% or roughly 10% and I have so much ownership in a lot of spots, I guess I'm going to get cute with this pick and I'm going to take Bubba Watson at 7,500 to get myself unique. He is not a birdie maker. I'm not really sure what to expect on a course like this. Like there's really good upside on certain things that you look at. And then there's other things where you have problems, but I like his distance. If that's, you know, comes into play, he's fine on par five scoring. I think that maybe he can make up some of the ground there that he doesn't make birdies on. It's good on long courses throughout his career. He's been good at TPC tracks. I don't know. Like, obviously I kind of boxed myself into a corner a little bit. I wish I could have gotten up to, 7,800 I would have preferred Maverick McNeely for example I think Sebastian Munoz if he was on the board was a name that I certainly would have considered so um you know it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to pick and choose your spots here and Bubba at two percent just kind of sounds intriguing to me if Wolf's off the board and that was the route I was going to go at you know four or five percent
0: I I think you know scrolling through the board He's crossed my eye a few times and I was like, should I play him? I just keep going back to, nah, I can't play. I can't play. But, you know, I think it's an interesting pick. I definitely something someone I thought about. And, you know, you got to realize the last pick in the draft, a lot of these value guys are off to the board. So you got to kind of concede somewhere. So uh, interesting play, volatile as well, but interesting. I think he's going to make the cut. Um, Mm -hmm. And if he can make the
2: cut, then there could be something there. And it's going to be less volatile than a Matthew Wolf and Luke Listing, in my opinion. That doesn't mean that those two guys don't make the or they end up making the cut and Bubba is the one that ends up missing. But I do think he's slightly safer than those two. And I kind of like the overall safety level I have on my lineup this week. I've, I think I got burned so badly last week that it's just, you know, let's let's be more cautious this
0: week. I like it. That's a wrap. That's the draft. I think everyone has some pretty solid squads here. A lot of strategy comes into play this week, trying to round out your squad. Uh, we actually fully avoided the 6K range altogether as a draft, which is tells you something. Um, I really, really like what Charlie said. Uh, I put his assignment up. New segment, who's surprised that wasn't drafted. Yeah, We're going to do that. We're going to go through and Everyone's going to give one person that um, put it in the chat, who you're surprised when you're drafted. We'll each give one. Before we do that, though, do us a favor. Give us a follow. Hit the like button. Goes a long way. If you like the draft, let us know. Also, put in the comments whose team you like most. Whose team do you think is going to win the draft this week? We'll let you know who the winner was next week. They'll pick the draft order. We're going to have some fun with it. Um, Spence, kick us off. Who were you uh, the biggest surprise that wasn't drafted?
2: I guess to me it would be the player that my model has to be the highest projected owned player left on the board that wasn't taken, which would be Maverick McNeely at 7,800. I think it's a good price for him. I have no problems with anybody that wants to play him at 15%. Um, I considered him. It just was one of those things where it didn't quite work out for my lineup construction the way that I put it together. I made decisions where I decided to go with Alex Noren and Seamus Power over him, but I don't have a problem with anybody that wants to play McNeely. So I think at 15% and 7,800, uh, he's an intriguing option.
1: How about you, Joe? I'm gonna cheat here a little bit. I'm really surprised we didn't get a didn't get DJ and Xander in there. Sure. Um, I mean that's you know it's it's kind of crazy, <laughs> but also there there's a lot of depth and a lot of uh, you know if you kind of go with a balanced lineup, I, I can I can see leaving those guys out. But I'm really surprised we didn't get it either in. And uh, a guy kind of in the Matthew Wolf mode that I that I like in GPPs. I'm kind of I, I almost went there myself, but uh, Cameron Champ. Um, I, th- I think he's a ride the hot hand type of play and-, and the putters coming around. He's looked really looked really good. I think this is a golf course where he can take advantage of his lens. So kind of surprised that Cameron Champ didn't come off the board at AK.
0: Yeah, I think those are those are good ones. I- I'm echoing a little bit in the chat. I agree. I'm surprised no one took TPC Lee. We always talk yeah. about TPC Lee here. It's a course fit. He's also the defending champ. Uh so obviously uh you know he likes this course. I will be exposed to him some this week. Um, you know, his, his form is a mixed bag. He's hit or miss. He's, he's a volatile play, but, you know. Yeah, he,
1: that, he, that 7K he, range is just so deep. Yeah. Well.
0: yeah. And as you can tell, I mean, I can't – I'm not going to count them on now, but we drafted at least 10 guys in the 7K range. So that's, that's a lot of depth right there already on our rosters. Um, just really quickly, like when I ran this for pure
2: upside, um, Xander and Dustin Johnson kind of – and it's not a surprise. These are two of the most expensive players on the board – they were second and fourth for me for win equity. So I'm kind of surprised too, that nobody took a shot on either one of them.
1: I could I can understand the DJ thing. I mean, he got married. He's he's coming off a layoff. We got a major next week. Um, but Xander just kind of never fails to be solid. So you know, I, I think,
2: I, I think Dustin's going to be very good this week. I'm going to throw that out there. I think at sub 10% ownership, if Dustin goes off there, That's somebody I'd be very interested in, in potentially being double the field
0: on him. Yeah. And the last guy I'll throw out there before we wrap up is, is Matt Kuchar who tends to play better in Texas. He likes these courses. He has a good history here. He's affordable. Again, I think it goes back to what Joe keeps saying. It's just been really competitive in the seven K range. This is a lot of guys that we're going after. So, um, and I think that, I think that answers the question I asked earlier is, You know, we've been kind of targeting the 7K range early in most drafts. Not today. I think it's because there's depth. So you can find the guys there later. We we all kind of felt like we had options, and we wanted to target our our top guys first. So that's the story for this week. It was a great draft. We're almost done, but we're not done yet. Before we wrap up tonight, we're going to give you our first-round leaders. We're going to give you our outright tickets. Then we're going to send you home to make some money. So, Spence, why don't you kick us off? Who are you looking at in the outright market this week?
2: So I have five players that I bet this week. I went to the very top of the board. I took Justin Thomas at 14 to one, it's just for all those metrics that I talked about for why I liked him. Matthew Wolf, 130 to one on DraftKings. Siwoo Kim, 65 to one FanDuel. Ryan Palmer, 120 to one FanDuel. And speaking of the guy that I was surprised wasn't taken, Maverick McNeely, 50 to five to one DraftKings.
0: All right. All right. I like it. I like it. Um, Joe, do you have any outright bets for us this week?
1: Uh, just a couple. Uh, you know, I don't want to go too far down the board. I mean, obviously, you, you know, you like a JT, you like a Willie Z, Scheffler. Uh, I'm not going to go there from an outright perspective. I, I think I'll probably start with Sam Burns, like 20 to 1. Um, I think he's, he's kind of showing a tendency to play really well on – uh, a subset of golf courses, kind of like Bubba Watson. Um, you know, we seen him win at the Valspar twice. We saw him log a runner up here last year, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him play well again here this year. Uh, Cam Champs, interesting to me, just for the upside, at 65 to 1. Um, you know, I think a win's coming at some point again for him, and, and he's in a nice, really nice stretch of golf. And, and Keith Mitchell at 75 to 1, uh, also really interesting to me.
0: Yeah, I, I like those picks. Um, for me this week, I, I'm going to give my first outright. An interesting one. It was someone that we would love last week. Everyone was all over, and he wasn't mentioned tonight, which I find to be interesting. Right? It's just one week. What happened? Seb Straka at eighty to one. Um, you know, people have been all over Sep's recent form didn't play well last week. People kind of came off him. I still think a lot of that upside is there. Just a week later, so at eighty to one, I think you get a good number. And a didn't, hundred didn't
1: play bad last week. Um, it's kind of crazy that plus one didn't make the cut in that in that crazy field, but he he didn't play bad. Exactly. Um, so he wasn't yes, awful. Nothing to yes, make you
0: think you can't play him.
1: Right. Good call, Joel. I like that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm also gonna go with CT Pan at 110 to one. Again, guy on my team. I just really like the long number. If we're gonna swing for the fences, that's where I'm gonna go. And I like Alex Noren at the 55 to 1 number. Um that's it for the outrights. Now we have first round leaders, which normally we, we might even defer to Sia. Sia's in the chat. Sia, if you want to drop the first round leaders in the chat, I'm sure everyone would be appreciative. Uh, but for tonight, Spence, why don't you kick off? You got in the first round leader market.
2: I've been sitting here reading the chat as you guys have been giving your plays. Joel, everybody has turned on you. You have become what? the villain of the chat at this point. Oh, no, I haven't been looking. What did I do? What <laughs> happened? The Hideki
0: controversy—it's Hideki Gate. <laughs> well, wait a minute! I got, I let you out of it. I, I literally let you out. How could I be the villain? I'm the good guy.
2: <laughs> I will give the first wrong leader place. I've just been sitting here chuckling the whole time over that. But uh, Ryan Palmer eighty to one on FanDuel. Luke List ninety to one DraftKings. That's one of the ways I'm going to try to get exposure to him. Matthew Wolf ninety five to one FanDuel. Pat Perez one hundred thirty to one DraftKings. And, you know, maybe this is going too far out on a limb, just mostly if you look at the price. I decided to take a shot on Brooks Kepka at 45 to 1. I don't know what to expect from him this week, but, you know, we'll see. I, I think it's an interesting number for him where um, anytime that you look at these non-majors specifically before a major, the the public seems to be a little bit more down on him than they should be. And maybe for one round, Brooks comes out and just shoots some. You know, he shoots a sixty-two all of a sudden, and he hits first round leader. And you know, that's what he wanted for the week.
0: I love it. I love it, Joe. How about you? You got in the first round leader market?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm echoing what Spencer said on Matthew Wolf. Uh, I just feel like the numbers are inflated across the board on him for the, for, you know, for the top of upside that he has. I saw it to go at a hundred to one. It's kind of interesting to me. First round leader. Uh, we we seen him go low a couple times this year and. You know, this is the type of course that he can take advantage of. So I throw those two out for a first round leader.
0: I love it. I love it. For me, I'm going to do my old trick I used to do where, you know, I kind of consolidate and say, let's just put it all on one guy. And I'm going to say, I'm going to take all my first round leader bets. I'm going to hone it in. We're going to go for a home run with Jordan Spieth at 40 to one in his home state. Come out, make some putts. He'll get hot, then he'll crumble and, and ruin it for the rest of the tournament. But the first round. He's gonna be our leader at 40 to one.
2: I like that play. I mean, obviously I can't take it back now. I like that play better than the Brooks Kapka play, probably in reality. I think that that's a savvy way to try to attack Jordan Speed
0: this week. Yeah, because you know, he gets that one day where he makes every putt and he goes super low. And then, you know, you then you know how you kinda putzing around the course trying to figure out what happened, why he can't do it again. That's how I feel like Jordan Spieth is every tournament. He always does that one day where it looks like, oh, he's back, and then it never it doesn't come together. So that's a wrap for this week. Joe, thanks for joining. It was a pleasure drafting with you. Any parting words for this squad?
1: Oh, just uh, really appreciate you guys having me on. I had a ton of fun. Uh, this, this is a great show and, and happy to do it with you all anytime and look forward to watching you the rest of the year.
2: And, Joe, um, give a shout-out for some of the stuff that you do at Rotoballer, Baller, and uh, be sure to drop your code, too, for anybody that wants to sign up.
1: Yeah, you can go to uh, rotoballer.com, use my promo code NICE uh, to save 10% over there. Um, uh, as Spencer knows, we got a, a tremendous, tremendously talented crew over there um, doing a lot of great work. Uh, I do a core four over there every week, uh, which is premium only. It's kind of my my four building blocks for the week of my player pool. Uh, who I'll be working around. So I uh, hope you guys will go to rotoballer.com and sign up and check that out.
0: I love it. I love it. Check out Joe at Roto Baller. Uh, Spence, do you have any parting words? No, thank you, Joe, for joining us on here. Uh, I think
2: this is a day that's going to live in infamy on this show. I think that Joel moving forward has become public enemy number one. I mean, so I I don't know if the audience will ever give you a good pick again if they win.
1: Oh, as the as a man of the people, he <laughs> he, uh, he he folded to the demands of the people, so he he should be a hero tonight.
0: Listen, I'm I'm okay with embracing the heel. If you guys want me to be the heel, if you guys want me to turn on the audience, I'll do that. But I want you guys to know that there's no going back when I start demolishing you week after week. Now we're rivals, and you can't get out of that. So you dug your own grave. The only thing left I have to say is sports.